guys. Welcome to a very special Fake Nerd Book Club on Dune, the uh, the 1965 classic by uh, Frank Herbert, uh, recently turned into a movie. Maybe that's why we're doing this. But uh, everyone seems to have their books, and I got mine too. Book Club, take it away. I got Brandon. What's up? Hold on. I'm almost done. Got it. <laughs> ben Idaho Magnet. What's up? Uh, I, I've been done, so I'm ready to go. I'm ready. Uh, my boy. Uh, Sparks, done. Lisa, and Algaib Witty. How you doing? I, I definitely finished this book. Ignore the bookmark. <laughs> Listen, if we were talking about a movie, Halfway would be just good. But baby, we're full in. The spice must flow. And we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, We haven't done a real book in a while. And um, I'm happy to say uh, I am a big fan of this book, y'all. Uh, I love science fiction. Uh, it's really cool to read something that, like, everything you love is based off this thing. <laughs> um. <laughs> I love Warhammer, uh, Star Wars. There are so many different things that have such that are taken uh, inspiration from Dune. I'm like, oh wow! Not only is it influential, it's really progressive for its time, and it's like very surface level. People are like, oh, it's it's this thing when it's really not. Um, I really like the book, and I'm I'm I want to hear what you guys have to say about it. What do you think on initial initial reading? I have never read Dune before, as you know. I just finished it. No, I'm kidding. Um, I two minutes ago, yeah, two two minutes ago, yeah. I. Uh, have always felt intimidated by this book because of how dense it is. In 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 some ways, the writing style has dated it uh, uh, only slightly, but for its time, it's very prescient. And I was surprised to kind of read this 1965 book and see how relevant it is in 2021. And uh, it obviously, I knew it stood the test of time, but reading it and experiencing how was a whole other story. I love it. What's up, Duncan Idaho? What do you got? So, like Brandon, um, I was also intimidated by Dune. I re- the only thing of Dune I know of is the David Lynch film that's um, that I mean you've talked about and and like South Park parry, uh, parried <laughs> it for a hot second with uh, Tom Brady and uh, and his poop. But when I feel like with the uh, don't worry about it, Brandon, with older sci-fi. It's definitely more intimate because it's, it's weird. In my brain, sci-fi is this like you have space, you have this. The, it's the, there's like a certain look, but then when you look at like a, a like cosmic punk sort of like those styles of sci-fi, especially from like the 50s and the 60s, it's 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 hard for my imagination to grasp. And also, I know this is like super dense. To me, this is like Lord of the Rings. And when I was yes, a kid, yeah. I only read the I read the Hobbit and like three chapters of the first book, and I couldn't finish it. Now that I'm older. I want to take another crack at it because, like, hey, I have better reading comprehension. I can I can interpret things better. But as I was reading this book, I there was time. There were times where I was like, oh, that's just like, oh, so that's where one of like X property took inspiration from. <laughs> it's like, oh, I see. I it's like, um, it's kind of like the moment when like your third eye opens up. And it's like I see everything now. Yeah, yeah. So I I highly enjoyed it. I I, I mean there were. There are parts of it where I was falling asleep because A, I was like, what the heck is going on? Also, B, it was super late and I was falling asleep because of a long day at work. But I did not find reading this book a chore. There were definitely days where I was like, I want to keep going. And I did. And I was, I'm was i really glad I read it. Fantastic. What's up, Lisa Al-Gaib? Yeah, I think if I was intimidated by anything about Dune, I was more intimidated because I knew it wasn't just one book. Um, and that's, you know, so it always was. Well, if I read that one, I gotta read the series. Um, and that's luckily that's this is the the longest one. 
So oh. <laughs> yeah, 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 that works out. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, but that's that's more or less why I never got around to it. But I'm really glad that, that we did this, and I'm really glad we read it before the film, especially. Uh, I really enjoy it overall. Um, I do think it's... Uh, I understand why other people that I've talked to have bounced off of it when they've been reading it, and I get it. Um, like, it's... it's it, if you can't uh, get past a certain amount of, like very heavy word heavy and terminology that you're not going to be familiar with for a bit uh world building like very upfront it doesn't ease you into it it just tosses you mm -hmm. um then it's it's a hard read uh when it starts not the whole time but like when it starts and i understand why people have been like yeah i tried and nope um very much how ben was talking about lord of the rings but overall i think it's a solid piece good awesome <laughs> well man um a movie just came out, so I think I think the first half of this book is still fresh in our memories because we watched the movie. But um, I I listened to the audiobook one and a half times, so I would be for myself to be sure that I remember stuff that I like because like the second half, easy for me to remember. Crazy shit happens in that in the second half of that book. Just little kids doing stuff with the emperors. Crazy stuff happening. Um, but you start with Paul. You got this fifteen year old kid. Um, and I want you. What did you guys think? Uh, uh, the initial chapters, the, it sparks who I write. I think the initial, uh, I read an audiobook form, so the uh, I see read, I listened to it. Um, uh, the initial uh, uh, parts of it are very dense with throwing Bene Gesserit, throwing uh, uh, quiz, etc., all this stuff. Um, but like, you obviously kept writing, like, did you guys enjoy that stuff? Like, was it a, was it a mystery enough for you? Uh, the Gom Jabbar scene, like, is a very famous scene in pop culture for a reason, I think. Uh, I think it's very effective. That's like, I want to know what the hell's going on, why this kid is so important. I, I have an issue with um, reading books um, as a I'm going to get a little personal for a second. Yeah. As a kid, my father uh, loved to get me to read. He, he would make sure that I read all sorts of things. I didn't find out until like a month ago that Dune is his favorite book. So oh, that's crazy. <laughs> isn't that wild? Yeah. Um, I uh, but my dad, he learned to read in the military. So he learned to read by skipping words and and. Like he can flip through pages like nobody's business. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he would try to teach me that method, but my reading got stagnant about high school, so I never really progressed my reading level, and more importantly, my comprehension. So when sure. I come to reading a book like Dune, um, my comprehension is off. So yeah, I'm reading, but there's not always a guarantee that I'm that it's it's coming into my memory the way that it should be. Yeah, so yeah. you can so a lot of the initial stuff my eyes were glassing over sure, sure, sure. <laughs> and i was like i gotta i gotta get through it um and like i pick up the the important bits as they go along because uh i trust myself knowing that the things that are important are going to pay off and they do and then that kind of triggers a memory of from before yes. but the initial stuff was very difficult for me to get through it was such a such a uh, slog is not a good word to use, but but no. that's kind of the only word that I can it, attribute no, I, to. But you're right. Like uh, uh, like Spark said earlier, like uh, it doesn't. And this is something that I really respect and love about the book. Like uh, it doesn't hold your hand, um, yeah. much like a Lord of the Rings. Like uh, when when you're totally engrossed in a brand new world, uh, everything is going to be brand new, and it is up to the author to tell you how much do they want to describe everything or do they want to lead you on the journey to it? And I think for me, the, the thing that works so much about Dune is it is like, here's a thousand things, trust me. And by the end, you're like, oh, okay, I get it. And I think, I, I don't know if it worked for you, Brandon, by the end, I think it did solidify everything from the beginning that might have been a little wonky. There were some things that I was still curious about 
because of just my reading level yeah, uh, yeah. more than anything. But I, by the end of the book, I took, I took the, I, I got the story. I understood the story. I understood the meaning of it. That's and that's what's, what's most important. That is what's most important. The sci-fi jargon is just, it's like Star Wars or other things. That's all made up stuff to tell the narrative of the story. So you right, got that, exactly. which is yeah. the important part. That's good. Yeah. And I think that, that Dune, Dune has the, uh, Dune, if Dune was written today, it would be a book that held your hand yeah, throughout 100%. the first book because that's what a lot of sci-fi novels do these days, especially world-building sci-fi novels. Uh, but Dune being written in the 60s, um, making it far more contemporary with Lord of the Rings, even though there's, I think, like 30 years between the two. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it, it chooses to just be like, here's everything, and then let's go on this journey. Yes. Uh, it, it kicks yeah. you into the deep end of the sand pool, essentially, with yeah. um, like the first... When I was re- that's cute yeah, thank you <laughs> like when i was reading it um especially in the first chapter with the gom jabbar scene um the first trailer was like very sharp in my mind so as i'm reading that and also as i'm reading it, i'm trying to put uh faces to characters like when i first read a game of thrones the first book in the series of song of ice and fire i was seeing kid harrington's face i was seeing yeah. sophie turner's face i was seeing all the actors faces Brent, Ben, you real quick, you brought up Game of Thrones. Do you now see the inspirations from Dune in Game of Thrones with all the political stuff and all that shit, man? Like, oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, I, I want, I want to ask Ben um, because he brought that up. Do you like that? Like, this is just a general. Like, when you movie adaptations, do you like putting the actors' faces in your head when you read the book um, the first time? I think it's like with. It might help. Real quick, I'm curious because I actively did not look up the cast for Dune. Oh no, I did while I, I was reading while I was reading because mm-hmm. I didn't want to know anything more than what I knew from the trailer. So like I knew Leto and Chani and Paul. And yeah. then I wasn't sure about anyone else. I told Ryan that uh, for a long time I thought Josh Brolin was um Hawat. Yeah. And not Gurney. Uh, so... for a long time. Because I, and so like I was picturing mm-hmm my own versions, and I just assumed Josh mm-hmm. Rowland was going to be Hawat, because I yeah. prefer that. This is just a curiosity thing. So yeah. actually, um, funny you mentioned that, because I thought Dave Batista was the Baron the whole time. Me too! So as I'm reading it... I'm I was so Dave, confused! I'm seeing Dave Batista's face. Who do you think the big fat man was? I, don't I know. thought he was the Emperor! Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, okay, sure. Okay, so, I, that's 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 why I asked this because, like, I hate. Uh, this is the thing I hate about like trying to get to a book right when the adaptation is coming out and you have the trailers out, which is why I really tried to avoid. Yes, exactly. Like, I don't like that. I don't like having the film's version already mentally being supplanted into my interpretation mm-hmm. because, like, I'm getting like the mixed images that I'm trying to translate. Yeah, and especially yeah. because, like, I I had to actively work away because I did think Josh Brolin was Hawat for a long time, so I just tried to interpret what Herbert was saying, and I stopped picturing Josh Brolin. I started picturing another person, so, so I didn't picture Josh Brolin for either of them. Okay, yeah. So what when I was re- when I was reading this, like the characters I knew for a mm-hmm. fact. Yeah, those were the faces I was seeing. Like I knew sure. Zendaya was Chani. Like when Chani is finally introduced halfway through the book, I'm like, oh, that's Zendaya. One you see. I was really I- confused watching that trailer, being like, why the hell is Zendaya in here? I've not gotten to her character. Yeah. And then when, um, uh, or at least I thought I was hoping Zendaya was Chani, and then it turns out it was. I'm like, okay, cool, because I thought because for a split second I was like, maybe it was like Hurrah or Hera. Chani is still in Skarsgård. <laughs> but it, it was like the character the one from the, 
like uh, Sparks, I also didn't go out and look who it was because part of me was like, because once I figured out, oh, Dave Batista isn't the Baron, I had a new face for the Baron. Same with uh, Thufur Hawat. I thought I saw Hawat in my mind's eye as this extremely 110-year-old man, this supremely old man. Mm-hmm. And then when I finally saw, the, I mean, I don't want to talk about the movie too much, but when I saw the movie, I'm like, oh, that's all. Aw, I like that actor. Okay, um, that's on the on the kind of, on the topic just to kind of give more uh the trailer actually helped me understand the book mm-hmm. um because i because i knew i had already read because i've read this book i tried to start early so that i could be done by the time we did this episode um i wanted to i i i would i saw the trailer and then i i was able to put the characters where they were and that kind of helped me understand what frank herbert was saying with the characters sure because now i wasn't confusing what the hell a mentat was with what with what's his nuts or with this guy and so i wasn't getting i wasn't getting lost as much anymore with the character names now that i had faces to put them with and that actually helped me yeah so yeah one thing, like I remember Sparks mentioned this on the show a while ago, but thank God there's a glossary in the back of the book. <laughs> I still haven't even looked in it. I didn't know until you guys told me there was a glossary. In the there book. were times I didn't know there was a glossary in the back of the book until until Sparks was like, I kept reading the glossary. I was oh, like, Oh, there's a map. Oh, yeah. there's a map and a glossary. I was like, What? I could have been. This would have been so much easier. Yeah, I I really like that kind of stuff in books in general, um, because like I'm I'm a person who. If it's a word where I can kind of interpret it, this is this is any book. If it's a word where I can kind of interpret like what it is, if I don't know the word, I don't usually go to the dictionary. But if like I'm totally like, wow, I've never heard this. I want to know what that word is. So I'll mm-hmm. go look it up before I continue reading. And that's that's no different in Dune where there's so much terminology thrown at you. So I, I definitely prefer that in general, but I really needed it. This is this is my one, I think my one big criticism of the book, which is that I, I think chapter two just comes too soon. Um, what chapter two is, which is you have the opening, which I think is a great opening with Paul and the Gamjabar. And the, I think that's a great hook. It's a good opening. Uh, and then you go from there to the Baron, and the Baron oh, throws so I much. I love the Baron stuff. No, I oh. love the Baron scene. I just think it comes one chapter too early. I think okay. because you're trying to orient it to the world, and I base this on both like my experience, where I'm like, that's where I felt. That is where the book felt the most dense because I didn't know things yet, and so they're throw they're talking about Leto, but I haven't met Leto. I've heard of him passing from Paul like once. And so they're talking about the Duke, but I don't really know what that means. I don't mm-hmm. know what the relationship there is. And they're talking about all these politic things that have not been set up on the Atreides side yet, because the next chapter is when we go to the Duke. And I think those chapters should be switched. I, I think that realistically, I think you should meet the Duke before you meet the Baron and the Baron talks about him because it's so hard to parse what the Baron is saying. I I, I personally had to like look back at that chapter later and go oh i see what this was actually about because i just didn't know it it didn't tell me enough and i know three people who that is one of them went back to the book later but two of them didn't that is the chapter that made them stop reading Mm -hmm. uh so i think that is where it's like there's something there where it's just so jarring Mm -hmm. uh how much it throws at you after you've just met paul and jessica and you're just going somewhere totally different with all this stuff happening um i don't i don't think it's like insurmountable but i do think it is a challenge i do think it is the the book's achilles heel that's for for readers i guess that's fair Uh, i think that's a valid criticism thinking that you know we really should because of how important leto is uh to the early parts of the book uh we should meet him earlier i think i Um, i will agree with that i like i i i mean like i'm not i've 
I agree for everyone else. I like building up Leto as the mystery person because, like, his whole like it's it. I guess for narrative, if you want to go one, two, three narrative, I guess it makes sense. I like introducing our villain, talking about we've had two different perspectives of Leto before we met Leto, and I think that's really mm-hmm. cool. I think that's cool. That's what I like about. I it. I I don't knock that. I don't knock that. I just I do like. Uh, I I don't think. Like I like I said, like you know, I get through it. I think the book is good. Uh, I I just do think there is something there, and I think there's something yeah. maybe there in the sense of like, uh, there's I think there's a political, a way of talking about politics that you're able to like um, do a lot of shorthand in the '60s that not everybody who's coming to the book now has that kind of same interpretation of what we're doing with political shorthand. And if you don't have that at your disposal, that chapter is all the thicker of a challenge. Um, And so it's less a, you know, again, like it's, it's really my biggest criticism where I'm just like, yeah, I think that chapter is, is a challenge. And I understand why there are people I've talked to who are like, that's the moment where, you know, for me, that was the moment where I'm like, Oh, is this going to be, too hard and then you get past that chapter and it's like oh no it's not but i felt it in that one moment that's totally fair Uh as i think the only time i was really looking up the glossary was in chapter two because like spark said there's a lot of jargon there's a lot of stuff being thrown at you all at once and then after a while like kind of what brian you tweeted him he has like just read the book and everything will make sense i was (laughs) like eventually like okay fine challenge accepted and i feel like it's chapter two is kind of like that one episode or uh, like two episodes of a show that's that like you tell your the, friends that's uh uh expo ex, what's it called yeah, uh exposition. Ex, exposition yeah yeah it's like hey these two episodes they're a grind but get past these and i swear it's good it's the, like it's like if you took the pilot of game of thrones and the second half of the episode until the end you're with um uh robert you're with oh, robert mm-hmm. baratheon you're somewhere totally different talking about things in a different way not immediately connected yes Uh, but here's the thing chapters two and three do connect because the thing again like i i understand like for me it really works because we learn about that that the atreides are getting arrakis and then we cut to the baron and the baron is saying when is a gift not a gift then we cut to leto talking about this is awesome and we need to do what the emperor says so for me if you reverse those then it's like i know it's a trap or like it's not a trap like i i think narratively uh i also really like complex shit and i trust the author and i didn't know there was a glossary so like i i completely understand i think it works narratively once you get past it i do agree it is narratively dense i eat that shit up for breakfast yeah. for sure that i yeah. want you to not explain anything to me ever i love david lynch you know what for i mean sure. and i think and i think for uh, a type of reader and certainly probably more types of readers at the time yeah this 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 jives really well um yes. This is more a, a open acknowledgement. And Modern again, like I also yes. I also talked to those same three people about who bounced off at that point, and none of them go back to the glossary when they hit a word that they're confused that's about. Awesome. And and I think that's like but but that's the thing is like they bounced off and didn't go back. And I think if if that's the thing throwing you out of the book, that's when you take advantage of that tool. That's why true. it's there. True. Um Very true. so so that's why I think that's useful. Cause like if you're a person who can do that without, you know needing that resource that's fantastic like go ahead do it um but if you if the option is this is too thick and i don't know what these words mean i guess i'll just stop reading like that's that's why the glossary oh no is this isn't me uh knocking the glossary i literally didn't know it existed yeah yeah no that's no no i know i know that's me that's me expressing like yeah that's that's where i think like 
this chapter, the book gives you everything you need one way or another. Yeah. And so I think like, even though it is the dense chapter, the, the smart thing Herbert did was provide that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I, I think he was also really smart with um, is this append this appendix here, which has just a description of the uh, major royal characters. Oh, really? Um, They're, all what, the appendices are, are really great. I, I think one thing that really helps, um, and I, I read this after I read the book, um, but the kind of like it, re it reframed a lot of things for me, just reading a paragraph on what Shaddam the Fourth was or Lady Jessica's parentage, or and it goes through all of them, and I thought that there's, was really interesting. There's a fantastic that. appendix about Kind's father. And yeah. how he and how he came to establish himself on Arrakis, and why why the ecology was so important, and how it evolved. And I was like, I it made me even retrospectively. I already like Kinds. It made me like Kinds even more. Ooh, I'm um, actually gonna read this. After I, this. Yeah, those okay. appendices are are really great. Hell yeah! I wanted to point out how deep the Star Wars uh, inspirations go to, uh, to 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 Dune. Do it. The Emperor hissed. Yeah. <laughs> George Lucas gets it. He knows. He's, he knows what's up. When he's I read a, that. He's a real one. Yeah. When I read that, I was like, oh, shit. Okay. I don't know if you guys saw, but just recently on Twitter, there's some, uh, I forgot what website it was from, but someone posted about how is Dune the next Star Wars. And then the next line is, or there's a line of how this guy says that I haven't seen either of the movie. I'm just like rubbing my temples like, Listen, Dune you can't give them inspiration for Star Wars. It's literally freaking Tatooine. This, you this, can't, this you has can't happened so credit. many times because this is this is the same thing that happened with John, John Carter. Carter and all that. It's mm -hmm. it's it, you know so many people are working retroactively because they only know movies, um, yeah, yeah. and that's that's whatever. Uh, it happens. Yeah. This book this book is really really good though. Um, I did want it like that's my that's my knock is that that chapter two stuff, but like yeah. it, it's it's not even a big knock. It's just a acknowledgement of the challenge, but. Uh, uh, it's a it's a totally totally overcomable and, one. And you know what? I, uh, to to cr to uh, credit everyone else, I listened to the audiobook where all the characters are voiced, and it's very easy to know what exactly is happening when it's happening. Because uh, mm -hmm. you're not just doing it on your own, and like when you're just getting a thousand new words thrown at you, it can definitely like roll over your eyes. Like I get that part. So the audiobook, yeah. I I really recommend this audiobook. It Hon is excellent. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if. Um, when the second film's going to come out, I'm probably going to listen to the audiobook. Uh, I don't need to do it. I don't feel the need to do it right now because I'd rather just move forward. So I, you got I, two years. I'll say right now, I'm, I already have Dune Messiah in my hands, so I'm already on it. Because yeah. um, uh, as I said, once I start, now I'm in the series and I, I don't want to let it go. I'd rather just follow it through. Cool. Um, yeah, but I, I, really, uh, I, I definitely, you, you talking about the audiobook, sorry, Brandon, you talking yeah. about the audiobook as uh, you've been going through it has really made me go, okay, I definitely want to do that at some point because I love a good audiobook. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I was really, going back to, going back to the book, one of the things I was really surprised about was the scope of Dune. Um, the, the, the fact of the matter is when you, when you first tell me about this book, it, you know, it's a, it's, it's set on a desert planet. It's got some political stuff on this desert planet and you know, that's it. I didn't quite realize that as I, that what I was reading was a, a, a really the scope of the book is like three years long um, with, uh, with uh, dealing with all the, the, the Bene Gesserit um, uh, prophecy five stuff. Is five it years, five? I think. Yeah. She's, she's four at happen. the end. Yeah. 
Okay, because there's there's the there's the big two year time gun time jump. Jessica's, the... Jessica's daughter is four at the end of the book. There's a three year okay. time jump, and then there's a three year like, time jump, and then there's another I think year happens. Yeah, this is the comprehension issue. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, they specifically they specifically refer to her as a four year old in the last chapter. Aaliyah is a four year old super god. Okay, <laughs> yeah. so I thought okay, I I missed something then. I missed the the next time jump because I remember the initial time jump, which was between the two parts. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. the, when he yeah, had that's, that's a very clear one. Yeah, yeah. and there is a I, I there is the a there is a smaller one while they prepared. Like because you you jumped to them like done he's with their training. He's training with the Fremen before their big assault on the on the capital. Yeah. Right. Okay. I right. I must I must have just pushed them together no, in my yeah, head. It's, oh, no, you're good. No, it um, took me once I got to the, the last po- like it's it's okay. I'm calling it part three, we, but really in we, the book it's called book three. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Part part three is also part of that time jump so it's in that it's in that way those are supposed to signify the time jump but to your credit brandon the only clear clue he gives to how long it's been is the reference to her being four That's right it. there is no other like how long it's been kind of thing right oh, I... um i i was really surprised at the scope and anyway, just go back to what i was talking about was the, the scope of the book is really is 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 huge and like i've done some digging into what the rest of the franchise you know is like five thousand year long franchise um and but like I was surprised that this book just is set on this planet, but it deals with the the, the how the galaxy operates, where the um you know where the all the different factions of the of the of the Imperium. Um, I was really shocked at how um, condensed it can kind of feel, but how big it really is. It is it is small scale while dealing with the Messiah of the universe. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's that is that is what I truly love about Dune is it it starts as same thing as Game of Thrones. It starts as one thing and kind of becomes another, but that ended up in a different way in the TV show version, at least. Um, it starts as yeah, you got these houses. They want power. Spice, spice is the spice melange. It, it fuels ships. It, it uh, doubles your life. It makes you super high, but it's also like a religious thing. It also powers it's all spaceships. Purpose. It's all purpose, and it's only on one planet, yeah. so it is super important, right? Uh, uh, be- before we get ahead, there was two yeah. things I really wanted. To, I've been trying to, to say, um, <laughs> like, like the the whole the time skip thing. Um, I didn't realize that we jumped after when I got from part two to part three. I didn't realize that there was a. T- I was like, think it was like, did we just jump ahead in time? Because like when he when Paul mentions his son, I'm like, okay, we definitely skipped time here. That's the one that I caught. Yeah, let out too. I was like, oh damn, we 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 went forward in time because I was thinking that this was like gradual because um even in even in I know we keep referencing in Game of Thrones, but even in Game of Thrones they said, oh yeah, that was like years ago. It was like that was like five pages ago. What the hell happened? No, yeah, well, different different strokes, different beast, you know. Um, So and the sec and the second thing I've been wanting to say is um after chapter two, which we all kind of not bash, but we all criticize the second. Paul is in the conservatory, or he's been second to Paul's in his room, and you see the hunter seeker. That is when I really perked up in this book. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, assassination plot already? Okay. And then as I kept reading the book, and I was like, oh, 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 that's like the second he catches the hunter seeker, and it's like, and everything goes topsy turvy, and then the, the dominoes start to fall. That's like, okay, this is definitely worth going, getting past that chapter four. My name now is I'm- Shout Out Mapes. Oh, I love me. Why couldn't the Emperor kill Leto on his home planet? Why did he have to uh, concoct this whole so thing? To he can't because, him because, to it's, because he needed the Harkonnens to go to war, even if he was going to back them to do it. Because if he just had uh, the Duke killed, 
there would be an investigation. The Atreides house has a lot of resources. He couldn't go to war with them because they'd win. Um, but it's more importantly that if the other houses have any suspicion that the Emperor played a hand in this, they'll there will be all that war. Yeah. It'll be chaos. The Atreides so house is a really good house. They, they're yeah, really understanding. They're cool dudes, right? Yeah. Uh, and the Emperor is like, he, he could be go after my job soon with enough support. So we got to get him out. And Harkonnen's like, I love it. I hate him too. So like they team up. Right. Mm -hmm. I always said Hark Hark Harkonnens. I can't even say it the way I used to. Honestly, but I, the, the books, the books, the movies, like it's all fake words. You say. Well, to be honest, that. to be honest with you, Brandon, the movies uh, mispronounce a lot of the words. Mm -hmm. uh, there's, we'll talk about that in the movie review. Um, but uh, uh, Harkonnen, I believe, is correct. But I was saying Harkonnen as uh, earlier too. before. Mm -hmm. uh, I was saying Freeman. I was calling Fremen the Freeman. I was hey, also man, saying um, Freeman. You don't a know lot. until you hear it. A lot of these words are based in um, Islamic culture. The, the, all the roots come from a lot of mis Middle Eastern mythology. This is this is actually a whole subsection I want to talk about real quick, which is uh, Herbert having a lot of um, bravery to go he's against been, what uh, his contemporaries his his contemporaries of the time would tie everything to Western Christian mythology. And he said, you know, like what if uh, thousands of years in the future, a lot of the stuff that survived. Uh, and passed down came from Middle Eastern religion, that, from Islamic beliefs. That's what the OC Bible is. Uh, uh, the OC Bible, because I just looked it up in the glossary that I that I now know exists. It is an a, a accumulation of every single religion. Yes, there's an appendix. There's an appendix about yeah. how they created it and why there were religious wars and why people yeah. frown upon certain things being left around um, and all this stuff. But like some of the pervasive ideas that survive. And it makes sense stem from like the Middle Eastern belief systems, um, and and Islamic ones in particular. I, I want to take the note here because I'm not going to say everything that's in this, and I'm not going to reference it a ton. Um, but I do think like if you are interested at all in Herbert, uh, an analysis of like what Herbert was doing with this book, and maybe where the movie uh, already this this piece was written when the trailer had just come out, the movie hadn't. This was last year. Um, but how the movie was already steering away from a lot of the Islamic culture stuff that was so important to the book because they used the word crusade in the trailer instead of the word jihad, mm. which mm -hmm. is in uh, mm. the book. And it's uh, the piece is uh, on aljazeera.com. It's called In Dune, Paul Atreides Led a Jihad, Not a Crusade. It is written by Ali Karju Ravari. He is a uh, assistant professor of Islamic studies at Bucknell University. I highly recommend it if you right want on. to know more about like all that, how Islamic culture fed into herbert's mythology why it's so important and why like trying to separate those ideas is so damaging to the core of what herbert was doing yeah. um not in any way again like written before the movie came out not in any way to damn the film but like why it's important those elements are are paid proper respect if Absolutely. you want to send that to me i can link it in the, in the show notes when sure. this is over sure i'll make sure to do that that way we can um, be like hey go to our show notes yeah, yeah absolutely um but yeah uh it's it's a really great piece, and I think that it's that's one of my favorite things in reading it is that no other book at the time, sci-fi or otherwise, no pop popular culture book like this was going to use terms like that, and and even today it, it's even less likely to use things like that um, because of because of America. Um, and yeah, and uh, again, like I said earlier, like it it was progressive for the time because despite most of the main characters in this book being males, like the women run the universe in this in this book. It well, is, and like it is crazy and, and it's the end of this book you guys is one of my favorite endings in a book because it's not a big battle it's just two ladies talking about how like 
I, we'll get to the end. We'll get to the end. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, no, but 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 you're right. Like one of the big things, like, and it was something I was nervous about as I was reading the book because, like, the cultural system in the world is still super misogynistic. Yes. Um, women are played secondary, but the thing that Herbert's doing is showing through the characters that that's actually a faulty system and they'd have no idea what they're doing. Um, but that miso that misogyny has survived, uh, which would have been representative at the time. So it is progressive in the sense that like these characters are overcoming the obstacles of that system. Yeah. yeah it's doing what sci-fi does well, which is shining a light on what we're doing today. I do find it interesting that like, as Ryan, you know, as Ryan said, like the Bene Gesserit are their, man their manipulations throughout the cosmos are, hundreds of years of planning like they nine generations it's like they run the they run the universe but nobody knows they run the universe i mean there's the like inklings like you're you're really doing all this right they, they and treat like, them like witches yeah like, yeah they don't so they, they, they all these plans they have all these plans of upon plans about plans about upon plans <laughs> to try and change the universe to what their will is meant to be right. mm -hmm. those darn those darn night sisters <laughs> Sorry, Ben. I wanted to get what no, I wanted I was to say. Just gonna say because they have plans upon plans upon plans. They have con they have contingency plans for their contingency plans. Oh man! And man, should ever should anyone actually make the Quizatch Hatterack? We have to deal with that. It's... Okay, one thing I will definitely say about the movie because even though Spark said that the movie that they say something's wrong in the movie, when I was watching it, I was like, oh, that's how you pronounce it. Because when you get to the Quizatch Hatterack, I was like. I was that's, staring at the word for five minutes. Like, it's, how it's it's, it's a weird word for, for and, uh, English speakers. It's a weird word. Uh, I think I think Quistots is uh, like I don't know the exact pronunciation, but I'm pretty sure I read in another piece that that's that's one of the mispronounced ones. So even in the and, movie, that's not necessarily correct. I, either way, you yeah. get something because there were times when I was reading this book, and then when I saw the movie, I was like, oh, thank God I was reading because you guys know me. There are times where I've read words I've never heard them pronounced epitome being the biggest offender here for me it was lisan al gaib i said it lisan al gabe i guess <laughs> that's the yeah it'll happen <laughs> like you get to, to shy hulud uh, or like shy hulud shy halud like the english is weird yeah, language is weird hey guys her, her me one it all it all happens you know yeah. but as eventually i just like yep oh, it's that yeah. word hermione <laughs> yeah oh yeah uh, I was calling her Hermoine when I was a kid. I don't remember how I said it. I just I just know that in book four, Rowling's like, this is how you freaking pronounce it. Stop saying her name. It wasn't until the movie. I was like, oh. the movie? Yeah, that too. What was I saying? Shiza, I forgot. It's okay. Why don't we, before we move on to more plot stuff, does everyone have a favorite character from the book? Gurney. Gurney? It's weird because it's Gurney. It's... Plays a balisette. No, it's it's Gurney, it's um Hawat. Um okay, not Hawat. It is Gurney and uh Duke Leto Atreides. Cause you can I one of the things I love about okay, I want to talk about this. I'm gonna talk I'm gonna talk about it in the movie as well. But one of the things I love about when you get a dude who's given this big role, Duke Leto Atreides gives a shit. Mm -hmm. I love how he's not there for the profits. He's there because he wants to do the best he can and he's an honorable person. He even Kinda knows like, it's like, like a trap, but he's yeah. like, I have an I have an honor. Like, yeah, what, but he's but he knows that if he goes to to Arrakis, he's like, look, it's a trap. But if it, they wait a while, I can get the Fremen on my side, and it won't matter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he like when he um when um Stilgar also he's not I love Stilgar so much. Like Stilgar shows up, and like when he spits on the table the first time I read it, 
And then Duncan Iho instantly goes, that's a sign of respect. Thank you for sharing your body's moisture with us. It's like, it's cool. Don't worry about it. Um, but like with Leno Train, it's like when we get to the scene in the sand crawler and they can't find the the thing to raise it up and get it out because the worm is coming. And the second Leto says, damn the spice, get your asses out of there. I'm like, that's yes, the dude sir. I want to follow. I'm like, I'm willing to follow that guy in the battle because he's not, because like, like the whole point of the book and even going by doing with from osmosis, it's like spice equals power. You mm-hmm. get the spice, you get the money, you get the power. And here's Leto saying, F this spice. There's people on this ship. I need to get them out of here. Yeah, I think to to answer to answer Ryan's question, uh, favorite character, um, if the move my my movie answer will be different. Um, it good, my, mine is too. But mine is my, too. for the book, it's um, it's it, it's Gurney. Um, yeah. I think when I found out that Gurney was alive towards the oh, and he has towards, a lot to do towards the end of the at the towards when we when we time jump and it's like oh he's a he's a smuggler i'm like oh hell yeah, yeah. i was should, very happy that he brandon was yeah you should watch the david lynch movie not just because it's the whole book and it simplifies everything it's patrick uh, stewart isn't it patrick stewart is gurney yeah <laughs> yeah, patrick yeah. Stewart? well we're we'll, 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 we'll very likely it. be talking about the dune david lynch movie soon would love my friends to. i um, to, i kind of watch it now. sparks i've i've been thinking about it and like it's it's almost kinds Kinds is awesome. Almost kinds. But I think it's Jessica. Jessica's oh, she's good. Mine um is Dr. Huey. And uh I because I love how complicated he is. Um and he gets his just desserts, but like I love that he's willing to like betray his betrayer. I'm, uh I love I'm him. really I'm really glad you brought that up because like th- he's fully acknowledging that there's something He's almost a hundred percent positive his wife is actually dead. Yeah, but he's doing all of it anyway, just in the off chance. Yeah, and I think that's really well interpreted in in the book. I love what the book is able to do because of the pieces. I think this is a brilliant way to open the chapters. By the way, we haven't covered it. Um, all the pieces from the Princess Irulan. Yes, uh, all I the pieces her. from the princess that come from the future um, of where we're reading. I love uh, that thing. and and that you find out about his betrayal in advance, so you mm-hmm. know well ahead what's up and what's about to happen. And I thought that was such a, a cool approach rather than like building, building it up in a different way. Yeah. Um, and, real- and it makes, and it makes all the tragedy around Jessica so much more brutal. Yeah. Um, real quick. Um, this first Warhammer book written by dad Amnit, uh, directly inspired by Dune. Now that I've read the book, uh, it opens with, uh, you, I was there when Horus betrayed the emperor and that happens 12 books from now. Uh, and I'm like, God, it all makes sense, and I love it. So, like, thank you, Dune. So, like, yeah, like, I really. Sorry, go ahead, Ben. No, right. I was gonna say, Ryan, I caught the Warhammer references instantly when I finally got to finish the book. I got to the end, and I was like, you know, I'll just like check the last pages, see what's the, because you know they got some stuff. It's like, hey, here's the next books. The second I saw God Emperor of Dune and uh, Heretics of Dune, I'm like, Warhammer. Oh yeah, that's where it came sleeve. from. Okay, where's it on sleeve? Which yeah. even when uh, when he's mentioning the, the Imperium, I'm like. What have I heard that before? Looks at my. Uh, I mean, there's uh, only so many. There's only so many words. There's also, a lot I of look Imperium. at my Marnius Calgar and my Marnius Calgar books, and they yeah. mention the Imperium in that. I'm like, it's true. Hmm, I wonder where that came from. Yeah. I mean, there's only so many ways you can say Empire, Empire Imperium. Dune, mm-hmm. Dune, yeah. Dune is absolutely foundational. That's for sure. Yeah. The I, I, you brought it up, Spark. So I wanted to kind of uh, talk a bit about it. Um, Princess Irulan. Irulan. I definitely didn't say that. Um, when um, 
sometimes it's a large paragraph, sometimes it's little little snippets, but it's always kind of, you know, I don't think we know, we don't, okay, this could be my comprehension thing, but we don't know Irulan's, who Irulan is until later in the book, right? We don't meet her until the end. Right, we but know, she's never named know, as Emperor's Princess as an Emperor's Princess. I don't uh, so. she refers oh. she refers in one of the To herself. Like like in the eighth one or something, she refers to her father as her father. Yeah. Okay. Because I kind of was I was thinking to myself, like, oh, who is this woman? Is she a descendant of a tri- uh, of a Paul? Is she like because I kind of know where this book is gonna go? Like, is she is she like a daughter or a granddaughter of Paul? Yeah. Um, talking about her father it, in a in a light like that. I wasn't sure, some, and I really think that's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's somewhere heading towards the middle where she has one that she refers to the emperor as her father that Paul confronted. Yeah, or something, yeah, and then I'm like, oh, she's okay. Yeah, there, there are a few times when she in the in her because I actually really enjoyed those snippets, even though I had a few, I knew because I want to say it was when um because I always love like, how there's a little um c- citations like which book it's from like from my father's house, mm-hmm. and then when she talks about her father, Patty, the Patty Shaw Emperor, I'm like, oh okay, because once again I was like, seriously, who is this princess and how does she? And then when she shows up at the end, I'm like. I there's there's the books of Muad'Dib, which means like there's yeah. like a religion, and like that's what I love. Like it, it's the whole thing of like like having a destiny, fighting against destiny. Like in this book, uh, and in the next book, I'm sure goes into it way heavier because we know how the end of this book happens, uh, or where he's at in life. But like I think the book is so good at saying like, oh, you're the destined one. But then he's like, no, you told those people I was the destined one. I'm not really the destined one, but is he the destined one? Like I love that shit. Yeah. I I eat that shit up for breakfast. Um, that's why. That's why I love Star Wars. I wish the prequels were but like it's, this. It's what Kynes, it, it's, it's what Kynes kind of talks about when we, like, I, I don't think we need a whole chapter about Paul putting on a still suit, uh, but that's what we got. Um, but, mm-hmm. we, you know, when, when Kynes is like, oh, you know, and she kind of like has that moment where it's like, oh, he, you know, he would know their ways. Um, and, and that's kind of putting the idea into the audience that like, well, we know because we've been told that the prophecy was given to the Fremen by the Bene, by the Bene Gesserit. So yeah. it's quote unquote fake, but also like, is Paul actually the, the, the Missionaria protect area or whatever it's called? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I just want to point out. I like how you said kinds, uh, it referred to it as she instead of he and for oh, thinking of the film. I'm sorry. But, uh, no, no, it's, it's okay. okay. It's totally fine. The gender is um, not important. Yeah. 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 I thought, I thought the gender change worked very well. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll get into too. that on our movie review tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think that those pieces from the princess serve two purposes, which is one, like, I, I think it's very common, especially in fantasy or sci-fi novels, to have things like that at the beginning of a chapter where they kind of just feel like pretentiousness. Mm-hmm. That's that's too derogatory and reductive, but um, they feel like they're not serving the purpose of forwarding the story or relating to the chapter. But I feel like the reason that Herbert puts each one before the chapter you read and what it's queuing up and what it's making you think about is always appropriate. So it serves that purpose, but it also serves a purpose of telling you, I know where I'm going. I know there's much more ahead and I know where we're heading. Yeah, Uh, this is from the sayings of Muad'Dib. Deep in the human unconscious is a pervasive need for a logical universe to make sense. But the real universe is always one step beyond logic. Oh, I love it. Yeah, that makes sense of it. As as Sparks pointed out, like we know Dr. Yue is the betrayer late uh, early. And so that puts us in an interesting position of knowing what some of the some of the characters of the book 
A, never find out, and B, find out far later than we do. Uh, Gurney doesn't know that Jessica wasn't the betrayer till oh, man. towards the end of the book. He's, he's whereas, got a killer at one like, point. Gurney, where we knew like two chapters before before it even happened. Yeah. Like, so Gurney and Thufur Hawat, when survive. they survive, first of all, I'm glad Thufur lived because I, I really like Thufur. I thought, he, or Hawat. I really like Hawat. I really enjoyed that character, especially how he air quotes failed and he's ready to like lay down on the line and how much he likes this new Duke. And then once we see Gurney and then Gurney hears that Jessica's still alive, he instantly goes into murder mode. And I'm like, but, but no, he, she's fine. She's not the one. And actually I, it hurt when, um, uh, Hawat just did the, the Gom Jabbar himself. Mm. I'm like, yo man, he knew too much. Like, they were they were gonna get him. But also, I liked how he was even playing both sides when he was he was trying to make the Baron or Raban fail. Oh, I love how he was um, trying to sabotage Raban the whole time. Mm-hmm. Let's here's a character that's that we're not gonna talk about because he's not in the movie. Let's talk about Fade uh, Fade Rafa Fade Ra- what's his name Fade Ra- Rada? Rada Fade Rafa Rafa. Rafa. Yes, uh, through him. What a thing, ne- right? Neg- you sting in the he is sting. In the um, he is Wait, neg- he's Negapal. Yeah, Sting yeah. from the police is in Nega Paul. Dune. He's Nega Paul. Nega He's Paul. evil Paul. He's literally like, yeah, the anti-Paul. He's like, I hate people. I'm evil. I want to rule the universe. What's up, Uncle? Um, he's awful, and I'm uh, I'm bummed he's not in the movie. But that means he's gonna probably be really focused on in the next movie, which is fine, which is okay. I, yeah, but I, I love. Really... Go ahead. No, I'd say he, I love his small introduction at the beginning, so we get a taste of him, and then like he comes back so much heavier. I do really enjoy that he and Paul had this. Have like have the standoff at the end, you know, as, as the kind of the two the two barren sons of the of the of the two dead barons. Um, but the two royals, or like I am very people. sad. Yes, I'm very yeah. sad that Gurney didn't get Rabin. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm I I'm surprised that we didn't get that kind of retribution right. in this book as heavily as. It, and I think that's the point that to show that Paul like doesn't actually care about Gurney's retribution. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just wants to he just wants to finish his plan. Yeah. Um, but having that kind of catharsis moment for Gurney, re- not having that really sucks. For sure. Um, yeah. Definitely. Uh, one of the most surprising like deaths that I was like, whoa, they're killing this character off now was definitely Kynes, because I thought Kynes was gonna live through and he in I, I thought I thought as we were reading that chapter, I'm like, this is how Kynes escapes, and I'm like, oh no, Kynes just dies here. Shit. Yeah. 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 And the, I think the most shocking death for me was at the end of the book when we realized that um Leto the second was dead. Yo, they kill a baby. They kill a kid. Yeah. We That's never, crazy. we never, we never even are in the same location as that kid. We don't even so, meet them. So wild. No. So I, I wanted to mention, kind of Ben, if you don't mind bouncing off of what you were saying, of what you were saying, the shocking death for me for my, I'll, I'll chalk this up to my comprehension issue. When, when Baron, when the Baron Harkonnen dies, I found when the person like, don't worry, because Aaliyah's like, I killed the Baron, and I'm like. Did you? Because I just remember him holding his arm and being like, ouch, what happened? Oh, <laughs> uh, He's a little monster. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was very um, shocked that that's, when, that's how he died. I, yeah. I, uh, I questioned as I was reading it, I'm like, is the inclusion of Paul's son super important? And I don't know where I really ended up on it, to be no, honest I'm, with you. Because, with you. Because, yeah. because I it doesn't even feel... Obviously, Paul cares, but Paul is so 
emotionally dissonant at that point. He's, that at, it's like, he's in godhood now. I don't like. I don't know how much it really serves the story or the characters to have had him in the story at all. Yeah. So the more I'm reading Dune, especially when we get into part two. Let me know when you finish it. <laughs> the more I feel that the main character isn't Paul, but it's really Jessica. Like, especially in part two, because there's a lot of parts where it's told from Jessica's perspective. Like, her. I'll, I'll fix this for you, Ben. Paul is the protagonist, but Jessica is the hero. There you go. There's a, such a good meme. You know what? There's, ben, do you know the Anakin uh, Padme meme where it's like, you're going to do this thing right? You're going to do this thing right. Well, you know I was like, actually another, like what, what Spark said, another good thing is that Paul is Frodo, but Jessica's Samwise. No. No. I, I you hate that's Frodo? Right. No. Do you hate Frodo? So ben, What's wrong with you? Ben, at the end of this book, we're going to just jump to the end real quick. Like, at the end of this book, our protagonist, I won't call him our hero, our protagonist becomes the emperor, mm-hmm. marries this princess that he doesn't know, and in the love of his life, who he lost a child with, is just going to be a side woman. That doesn't yeah. sound very heroistic to me. No. Would Frodo do what, that, Ben? Would Frodo doing, do that? That's why I love this book. Uh, uh, because the end of it is so, like, it is, it is kind of bleak. And the conversation between Shawnee and Jessica, it's like he's he's in a bad spot, but we we got it. We'll we'll handle it. Uh, it's so I mean, fascinating. It's kind of a triumphant ending in a way. Th- this book is really interesting how it frames its ending because yeah. like there's there's a triumphant ending for Chani and Jessica, mm-hmm. um, and we're kind of led to believe that like you know yeah Paul's in a bad spot, but you know he's emperor now whatever. But Chani like, and Jessica kind of like a god like passing yeah. Doctor Manhattan maybe. <laughs> But jo- but Chani and Jessica have this moment where Jessica's like, you know, history won't remember us as as concubines; they'll remember us as wives, and yeah. that's kind of how they end the book. Um, and and this kind of heroic moment, almost a heroic moment for Jessica and Chani. I just found that that dichotomy very interesting to read. Yeah, was- uh, as as you're reading the book, like Jessica is giving you the window in to be like, if you aren't reading it yourself and seeing it yourself, Jessica gives you the window in to be like, I think Paul might be in the bad place um (laughs) like it's it's not paul paul is um i was talking to megan about this because she hasn't read the book yet but she plans to now that she saw the movie and uh she was like is paul more interesting in the book and i'm like not really no (laughs) not especially he's kind of a vessel for for the for the story to service through but he's not necessarily like in in himself and he's interesting character he's a jotty destiny yeah he uh, also just becomes more emotional I mean, yeah, because he's ascending to godhood, essentially, but... The water I, of life. Yeah, the water of life, but I care more about what's going on with Jessica. I care more what's going on with Chani and Gurney and everyone else. And then when Paul comes into the picture, until we get to that big scene with him and the Emperor at the end of the movie, or book, excuse me, at the end of the book, and then he faces off against uh, Fade Rausa, I was like, okay, Paul's actually doing something cool for once, or cool again after... Okay, going back to the middle, I love the scene the whole sequence was Stilgar, the Seich, and Jameis. Yeah. Um, especially, Jameis. especially the funeral scene when everyone gets up and says, I was a friend of Jameis. And then they all stare at Paul and they're looking, is he going to do it? And then he realizes, oh shit, I actually got to say something. And the words he says, I'm like, damn, that was good. Because when you uh, meet Jameis, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. No, because I was going to say, when you meet Jameis and you see how Paul's able to beat him, to, to take him down and and on ar- and on harm or disarm him and he james just goes off on like he's that typical 
I am this dude. I am the big, I am the tough guy. I have so much to prove because I am tough. Look how tough I am. I'm going to kill this kid because I am tough. Look at me how tough I am. Dead. Listen, it's a, a it's a fight to the death. It's got to die. Ryan, I have a question. How did the how did the audiobook pronounce his name? Jameis. Oh, I always, I said Yamas. That's oh, yeah, fair. No, I, I said Jameis too. You don't know. Um, yeah. uh, I I took a note about the funeral because I liked it so much. But my my I I didn't have the same reaction to what he said. What what was my favorite thing about it, and what was my favorite thing about like the development of Fremen culture is when he cries. And they're like, oh, he gives yeah. he gives water from his body to the to the dead, and I'm like, oh man, to the dead. this is this is this is a cult. Um, but uh, like with Bilgar is like water from the skies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love I love everything about the Fremen like culture and how they're set up and everything. I, that, that whole middle chapter, uh, uh, where where Paul is just he's becoming Muad'Dib and he's learning their culture and he's learning about uh, riding sandworms and he's got to start with the small ones first. Oh my god! If there's not a scene of baby sandworms in that second movie, I swear uh, to God. Uh, I want to I I want to talk about one of my favorite parts of the book is um, early on when Jessica when Jessica confronts Hawat about his suspicions of her before the Duke has been killed, all that stuff. And he realizes in that moment that she has the voice and it's real. Mm-hmm. And that that she is truly a witch and the power she has over him when she makes him like stand and sit and oh, yeah. do all those things. And he's like, oh, I like can't touch her. Oh no. <laughs> like so that good. Is, yeah, man, the force that's... is strong, yeah. That scene was definitely one of those. Oh, I, I, mm, I was wrong. <laughs> I'm screwed. I, uh, I like let's I see. This whole book. I'm proud of you, bro. And guess what? If we do Dude Messiah, it is uh, the audiobook was 20 hours, and Dude Messiah's audiobook is eight hours. So it is less than oh, half shit. of the length. Oh wow, it, that so, is yeah, true. Like, it's much much shorter. He works. He works six years. And then wrote Dune, and then like, okay, all the hard work's done. Now I can just type. Now it's easy. And he wrote. Oh yeah, no, for sure. I I definitely get this in like in like a world building aspect. I've never quite look. I don't read a lot of books. Um, I wish I read more than I did. You read a lot of comics. I do read a lot of comics, but like world building, yeah. With comics, you don't really get what is essentially like. The first book is a dictionary, and then the next book is a is a novel. (laughs) Like that's what essentially happened to with Dune. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) I thought that was interesting. Um, I, I, something, one of my favorite details that Herbert introduces in the book is the, the concept of the spice creating a subtle and pervasive addiction Mm -hmm. so that they cannot leave Arrakis. Like when he said, we literally can't leave this planet. We're, we're addicted to the spice now. It's in their Uh, food. It's in the air. Yeah. 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 So you have to make the planet a paradise because you won't be able to leave. It's Mm -hmm. in their, uh, I don't know why, but when I was, what, but when Jessica was drinking the water of life and she was become and she was using her powers to like bless the water of life so everyone else could have it, and then the and then the line from the old Reverend Mother in her mind says, "Oh, let them have their origin." I'm like, what? Yeah. Oh, when or when one of my favorite one of my favorite lines is like when when they're just like, "Wait, you didn't tell us you were pregnant." Oh, that can be okay. No. Yeah, it'll be fine. Uh, 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 no, because she's already drinking the water and it did a whole yeah. thing. But when when she and that baby's the water, crazy. when she takes the water and her and the Reverend Mother share into their lives with yeah. each other i was like oh so piccolo just fused with nail that's cool <laughs> that's nail. pretty much what just happened yeah or because there's a there's like one of the things i just found was really funny uh because we spend some time before the time jump with the fremen culture and that, that i really enjoy um that 
you know, when the Reverend Mother, the old Reverend Mother gives them the, and then the water of life. And then it's, it's through, it's when it's working through Jessica and it's when it, they're, they're already in the middle, they're in the middle of the transference. They can't, they can't cut it off. And Je they're just like, Oh, you're pregnant. Oh, it's going to be fine. Right. So uh, your daughter might just be insane. Okay. So the mm. only thing that I didn't understand about Dune, because I, I understand there's like mysticism, like when uh, the Bene Gesserit with like the whole voice thing, I think that's really cool. Because it's... Oh, I can't I mean, wait to talk about the voice of the movie. Oh, God, me neither. Um, so, like, the whole... Like, the only thing I just didn't understand, but I just but I decided just to roll with it, because it's a sci-fi fantasy thing. What am I going to do? Was, like, when she drinks the water, and she goes through, like, her whole... Uh, and then it's like, oh, it's blessed now. You can all drink it now. I'm like, how does that work? I mean, but at the same time, it's like, I'm just going to chalk up the magic. Uh, religious nonsense, I don't know. I'm just going to chalk up the magic. I'm yeah. just gonna talk it up to like it's the force. Magic. Deal with it. It's the force, and then there's... Paul drinks it, and then he dies for three weeks. <laughs> and then there's <laughs> a there's a mystic power that they the Bane Jesuit and then Paul have, and which is what unlocks Paul's abilities to see the multiple branches of the future, mm -hmm. uh, which is pretty cool. Um, mm -hmm. And and you just have to accept that there is an amount of like that there's an amount of magic to the world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, it's kind of. I took it as I took it as like Star Wars logic. You know, I always talk yeah. about how Star Wars is, is an elastic franchise because it has the Force. The Force, yeah. because the Force exists, Star Wars can do whatever it wants. Because you get, after a while, you can just be like the Force. And I yeah. think yeah. that I think Dune very much operates on the same aspect. And you know, it, it, it's it can I, even so far as to say like, yeah, George Lucas probably took a lot of the mysticism in Dune as. Uh, the okay to be like, oh, I can do mysticism and sci-fi. Uh, yeah, when yeah. that necessarily wasn't a, that wasn't really happening a lot. You know, this is sixty-five. Um, Star Trek. You know, Star Trek wasn't really doing mysticism. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Star Wars, I think, took the inspiration to be like, oh, we can we can bring in a little fantasy into our, we can have some sword and sorcery into our into our science fiction. It, it, it definitely kind of it, it didn't throw me for a loop at all, but it was one of those things because when I read sci-fi, I'm thinking like just like sci-fi, like Star Trek, like this is science fiction. This is basically yeah. like air quotes science fact or the facts of that world. It's like, hey, we can take the ship and go warp speed, and then when you introduce this mysticism level, I'm like, hold up, is this sci-fi or is this fantasy? But once again, this is an older book and everyone getting this is a work of fiction do whatever the frack you well, want i think well, nowadays today. right i think nowadays this book if this book so if this book were written in the 21st century this book would be classified as science fantasy yeah, yeah. oh yeah whereas back then that wasn't really a thing and so it's the other fiction. thing that's that's awesome ahead of its time about this book is uh there's some really great interviews with frank herbert back in the 70s uh talking about environmentalism and how it's crazy that like you could bring all these machines to this place, but just the desert eats them up, almost like nature takes its course and it returns how it's supposed to be. Um, uh, people coming and extracting resources from a, a native land is awful. And obviously it's awful. It's really great that he wrote this book back then talking about this shit. Wait, like, like thinking about America now and like, Jesus Christ, this book would never get made now. They wouldn't allow it. <laughs> It's, yeah, not the way would, that it is. Yeah, this book would be. Oh, it's too SJW. Yeah, it's one hundred percent. Yeah. Um, mm. I I think all that stuff is really great. Um, I'm a big fan of sandworms, guys. I've been playing a lot of No Man's Sky. They got a sandworm event happening right now. Uh, Shy Halu, pretty cool. When they die, their organs get turned into the water of life, which makes you hallucinate and shit. Like, it's a circle of life. I was really happy, um, that. You know, they, you know, the book is very much a slow build with the sandworms. And one of the things that I thought was uh, really, really interesting how the book does, because 
Frank Herbert seems to shy away from the action sequences. He's more interested in the other things going on in the background. Mm-hmm. Totally appreciate it. Love that stuff. I'm, I'm, I, I eat that shit up. I talk about all the time with Star Wars. My favorite stuff is the politics, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and this is like all politics all the time. Oh, so yeah. like I was super into a lot of that stuff. But one of the things that I was worried about when we got to the sandworm moment was that, well, is this going to be one of those moments where he's like, oh, Paul's off in a sandworm on, 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 in, in the background while we're dealing with what Jessica is happening right now. But yeah. no, we have a dedicated chapter of Paul getting ready to ride that sandworm baby. And I was oh, like, yeah. yes. There's like, yeah, his him training. And then you have that final sequence where he rides with like a bunch of big sandworms to, to attack the emperor. Yeah. And like, like truly, like when I was that part, I'm like, oh, this is why part two is getting made no matter what. Because then he's like, we have to get this part so we can get to here. So we can get to here. And I'm like, yeah. oh, shit, man. That's when that's going to be the trailer shot. Billion dollar movie right there. People love sandworms. Same. <laughs> I am so curious how part two will do Aaliyah. See, yeah. I and what I'm so excited is because I know they're going to do her. I think Leto two. I think they'll cut Leto two out because we don't see him. I think they will too. Yeah. Um. Uh. I, he's, he's he's literally not... never in the same place as the characters yeah. at any point in the book. Yeah. He again, like it's it's kind of. I guess it would be my second big criticism as I just don't know that he even needs to be there. I don't think he changes the characters arcs or story enough no um i i would guess maybe they would try to do something with Aaliyah and leto too if they wanted to try to build something between like kids but like i just think they're gonna cut that because like that is just a shocking death for no reason kind of in a way yeah i have been i have as soon as we hit the first the like the major time jump between the two parts i was like oh we're we're skipping some time we're not we're not we're not gonna i don't think the next part is going to i don't want to talk too much about this but i don't think the next part is going to be like uh, a movie spanning years i think it's going to be we're going to skip four years into the future and yeah, have I don't, that kind of be that moment i don't want to talk about that too much either until we yeah. get to until we get to the movie review tomorrow um but i do i will say this only because we brought it up already in the book it's, it's one of ben and i's favorite parts at least uh i i think it is a misstep if they don't have anything related to the funeral rites of Jameis. Mm-hmm. i think it's the start of the movie I hope there's a time jump. I hope there's a time jump. I will. I will push back and say I don't think it's the start of part two. I think the start of part two is probably an introduction of Fade Ratha, oh, true. and then mm. after that we pick up with Paul at the funeral of Jameis. I'm sure and I there's going to be probably what it is, but yeah, who knows? like a like an Avengers five years later type of thing. Like, and then it'll happen. Yeah, we um, could do something like that. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, we all said uh, um so who wants to go i'll go so the only other time I, it's not really criticism it's more i guess this is more of me because i care more about the characters what's going on i for, i kept forgetting about the kion company and the guild and every time they come up it's oh, like, the chone oh, the chone company chone company thank you like the the chone company was there's like oh the emperor the chone company won't allow the emperor i was like well, who cares what i was like they're they're basically like the bankers. Remember, like the banking guild in Guild of Thrones and Game of Thrones. It's like the Iron Bank. Like, the Iron Bank. Like they kind of run everything through mm-hmm. money in a way. Like yeah, and then like the same with the guild. The banking plan have... in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's yeah. all cyclical, baby. <laughs> it's, it's all synergy, right there. Poetry, <laughs> it rhymes. Yeah. So once once we get some of those guys, like they're mentioned here and there, um, I'm like, oh yeah, those guys are still a thing. Ah, well, whatever. I didn't really this brush is... them off. I just forgot about them because. The stuff that was going on with Paul, Jessica, and even the the the, Har- the Harkonnens. Well, they're not important. Interest like this. Okay, I hate the Harkonnens to the nth degree. Not because I think they're bad, but because I just hate their characters so damn. It's like Joffrey. Yeah. It's like Joffrey in Game of Thrones. It's like you hate that character, but you love the actors. They're evil personified, yeah. Like evil when um like 
one of the scenes where I knew that, because I knew the Baron was ruthless, but a scene that just like put the nail in the coffin was when he's talking to Fade, and then he says, yeah, glad we have this talk. Now, now that this talk is done, go back into the pleasure uh, wing and kill every woman in that room. Nor in well, the entire wing. Well, every is this, single woman in there. Is this before or after Fade tries to have him killed by by sending him a pleasure kid to have it's him after. assassinated? It's after. after. Okay. That's, okay. A, that's the punishment for They're it. They're all bad. <laughs> more more importantly before that, I think one of the grossest things that the Baron does that's that's briefly there is when he, he rapes a boy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's gross. Oh, yeah. He's, a, he's bad. I he bet that's what's going to be after Brand, the movie. Brandon's like, when did this happen? Um, <laughs> so Brandon, there's there's a part where the Baron says, "Send me a service boy and make sure he's properly sedated. I don't feel like having a fight." Oh, I remember uh, a, that. A now. fight, yeah. a struggle tonight, and it's him because he's going Ooh. to rape him. Yeah, he's a Baron's bad man. Aliyah deserves yeah. to gom Jabbar him in the neck. Um, yeah. I'm going to keep talking about his suspensors and how he can't walk because he's so giant. There is a fun there is a fun bit of seeing like 60 sci-fi being like not uh you, you know we're it's like 60s mentality when it comes to science fiction was like I don't know, big suspensors are helping him up, right? That's what yeah, yeah. this is. Whereas like nowadays it'd be like he covers. Yeah. <laughs> I just Jeff, think that's Jeff really had, funny. Yeah. Um yeah. Uh there's a character I want to touch on we haven't talked about at all, and it's Count Fendring. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Super important, introduced much later, but super important. Yeah, yeah. I'm super curious. How did you guys interpret when he talks? Because when he's outside the cone of silence, he talks in a different way than when he talks in private. I don't in private, remember. He talks I normal. And, in, and I'm going to tell you, I heard, and I'm not saying that this is who I want to play him at yeah, all, yeah. but what I heard is I heard like the exaggerated, exaggerated impressions of Jeff Goldblum because he does a lot of, mm, ah, yeah. Mm, oh, yeah. Mm, okay. Oh, yes. you're right. He does. It, it's what? so funny to me. And it's like, it, it's him and his partner. And I'm like, it's like two people just being Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> so He's nice. He, He's a nice guy, right? Uh, he is... He's the Emperor's assassin. In a sense. He's he's yeah, he's the Emperor's assassin. He's the guy who's kind of a threat to the Baron. Um he and his but partner he are say like he's not gonna attack someone when he's well told to he, he's told by the Emperor to attack yeah, Paul yeah. and he senses that Paul is like him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, No, I think he's he's gonna be a special one. But they were also interested in Fade. Paul killed Fade, so they're like, Well, we'll hold on to Paul. He's yeah, got yeah. schemes, but they wanted a kid like yes. Fade and they have Paul now. Because he was, because because they were they were they were, they said like Paul says that he he knows is like they were another attempt to make the quiz at Tatarak, and but he because he was a eunuch they didn't they were like nope never mind oh yes, um, exactly. we talked about uh but, uh, but he's the guy that Jessica. the empress he's the guy that the empress says do it to yes yes uh, so, Jessica is a Harkonnen yes yeah, yeah. the yeah. daughter of the Baron yeah, wow. anyways, I want to talk about F- uh, Fenrir for a second because man. Because when I was reading, when I first read, I also read him in Jeff Goldblum's voice, but for <laughs> some reason, it was like an octave lower in the style of him from the Powerpuff Girls. Like, oh. I didn't, I didn't see, yeah, I did, I, I agree with you. I'm kind of in the similar space. Because uh, I didn't, I didn't see Jeff Goldblum. It was just like, it was that cadence that I was hearing. No, I and I'm heard like, Man, this Goldblum. is like, this is like that exaggeration, but that's not what I was, uh, I was hearing like more like when people are making impressions of him. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's it's like really, really to- tuned up, and I'm like, I'm so curious because they don't explain it at all in the book. I'm like, why does he talk like that in public, but in <laughs> private he talks normal? So I'm just, so curious. Okay, so Ozymandias awesome say- does that in Watchmen in the comic too. Yeah, <laughs> I thought of that too. 
too. I thought of as Ozymandias. Like, it's so weird. So I thought, because I think him and his partner, they have like the special humming language that they can do. That that's why they're doing hmm a lot. Yeah. But it's it's weird. Like, I saw Fenring as a dude with like a Gomez style mustache. He's very suave. And he has, he's kind of like him in a way where he's very, he's flamboyant, but graceful. But the second he gets inside that cone of silence, assassin mode turns on and he's yeah, like, yeah. yo, you got to sell your shit like right the F now. Cone right. silences are cool. Yeah, they are. I really <laughs> I didn't like realize the... that's where that came from. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, Get smart. That's all. That's I, we've gone through all my notes. Uh, yeah. I well, I don't have any specific small I, things. Ryan brought up that Jessica is the daughter of Baron Harkonnen. Okay. Yeah, Harkonnen. Um, and I, so like you know, hey, look, I don't know why I'm doing this a lot today, but like the Jedi were taken as children, and they don't know their parents. Hell yeah, you know, the Bene Gesserit. It, it implies yes. it implies something weirdly incestual about what they were heading for because their intention was what they really wanted is they wanted Jessica to give birth to a daughter and that and a, daughter to be with Fade. Yes, yes. Uh, and that's super strange. Like it's not a direct like brother sister family it's like cousins it's, it's like cousins yeah but if you're uh, making god maybe it's worth it to be a little incestuous. Well, but that's what home. that's what the that's what the Bene Gesserit are talking about like they've seen how the genes go can align just right to make what they need and so they saw like okay well if if she has a girl and he has a boy then they'll make the thing that we need but, but she's I like no nah, never mind yeah yeah and then i'm gonna make a good boy and then when you're in the at the Benjester HQ, you're like, "What's that? Is, is that Sweet Home Alabama?" Never mind that. <laughs> Jeez. Um, bringing this up, bringing this up, this kind of control of like what kind of children you make and that kind of thing. I now understand a little better. Not that it's forgiven, but I now understand a little better how George ended up at Metaclorians. Yeah, me too. Yeah, just wish he wouldn't. <laughs> I just wish he wouldn't, but I understand how he got here. <laughs> Uh, there's a line, uh, speaking of like the, the, the Negapal that is fade, uh, at the beginning where, uh, Bene Gesserit mother, Helen Gaius, something, uh, I almost got it right. Uh, she's like, even if Paul fails, we got other avenues. I ain't scared. And I'm like, man, the house. house and then, and then she meets Paul and she's like, uh, I'm a little Ooh, scared. <laughs> he, he wasted more power, more pain than anyone in the world. Good stuff. Love it. Uh, yeah. Any any final thoughts before we wrap up this? Well, because uh, real real quickly on that note, like she's not just yeah. afraid of Paul. She's like Aaliyah freaks her right the oh my god. Out. She's like, you never should have existed, guys. I am so excited for Aaliyah because um, again, like she's gonna be in that movie. But it reminds me of if you've ever seen Interview with a Vampire and Kirsten Dunst played a like nine year old immortal vampire. So it was this little girl who was like immortally insane. Uh, and I just think of Aaliyah, who's like this little girl who's like she's got like the past and the present in her brain. And she's I like can't... four. It's gonna be crazy. I can't wait for the part where she's like two or one and a half or whatever, and she's like giving uh Jameis's um former wife like a hard time. Oh my god. And she's just talking like an adult this, and it's like a two-year-old, and you're this like, oh little girl needs yeah, like a platoon of Fremen in the battle. Oh my god, her little still suit. Ah! She's just like I can like Hera's just like like this little brat. Oh my god, that's you know, I'm so if excited. she if she wasn't it, now she's too old. But a couple of years ago, McKenna Grace could have played, could have sure. played her. Man, they they need. I bet. I wonder if because. So this is funny because I've been watching tons of interviews uh, uh, with Timothy Chalamet and the cast. Timothy Chalamet signed on to Dune when he was twenty one. He's now twenty five. Yeah. So by the time Dune two comes out in his May, he's going to be twenty seven, twenty eight. You could have a longer time jump, and I think the fans would allow it. 
instead of I it having so. be just a couple years, make it five, make it six. So you have an actual kid who can act instead of like a three-year-old and you have to do CGI or something. Cause that's going to be, gonna say, I was going to say what I wonder even more. And I still think they might do it if they decide to do like the inter meaning years. And I kind of want to see it just out of morbid curiosity yeah. um, to see a two-year-old Aaliyah. Uh, <laughs> you, you still cast a kid, but yeah. you also use like the de-aging stuff. Okay. Yeah. So you have a kid, but, and, and so they're, they're still playing a kid, but they're also like talented and they'll play the okay, so version, they'll play like, got these, it. Like, really young versions too so instead of making somebody who's 50 30 make it like an eight-year-old a four-year-old that could work yes yeah that works i think that'd be i think that'd be super fascinating yeah and they're still young so it's not as hard to make the wrinkles go <laughs> right like exactly exactly <laughs> all right i just looked at the I looked at the last the last the dune chronicles by frank herbert is chapter house colon dune i was like oh, that sounds like a nice steakhouse a chapter house dune <laughs> So apparently, uh, I don't know if this, there has to be, uh, I just saw a YouTube a link that said, I have all 62 Dune books. And it's just a picture of all the books. And I'm like, oh man, Frank wrote six. <laughs> and Brian's wrote a lot. Brian and, and his and his, and his partner, like God bless them. They're keeping the Dune franchise alive. Whether people want him to or not is from what I've learned. <laughs> I'm sure there's plenty of people. Well, you know, he also wrote the, the graphic novel for Dune. So he's also bringing it to other people. True. It's true. And that, that graphic novel, uh, which I got a gift from Sparks, I believe. I hope I'm getting that right. Uh, I read that in anticipation for all of this stuff. And that is a one for one. That is the book just with, with uh, uh, pictures. It's really I'm really great. glad you like that because I'm glad that that's there uh, since they're making the Dune movie graphic novel. Oh, Kickstarter! I hope that hey, fails. I was Legendary, so happy. Legendary hasn't made, a, hasn't made a successful comic yet, so we'll see. Man. I mean, I love, I love it. I'll probably pick it up if it's on shelves. Well, uh, Ben, any any final thoughts about Duncan Idaho? How he's definitely uh, dead forever. Man, Duncan Idaho was awesome. I was bummed when he died, and then of course he, you told oh. me he shows up. Guys, we didn't even say Sadukar in this entire episode. Come oh on, my God, we did. Yo, the I emperor's wasn't... the emperor's blades, the Sadukar. Oh. The, okay. I, wasn't, I wasn't too nervous about it because I'm like, I know some of this stuff is going to get referenced backwards when we talk yeah. about the movie tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So okay. The Sonicar, I love how they're played up as like this, like like the Emperor's Blades, the, the Emperor's Supreme Fire Force. They're, I I attune them to either the U.S. Marines or the Navy SEALs. The Navy SEALs, yeah. And then the second the Fremen kill like six of them or ten of them, and only they lose two of them, I was like, yo, the Sonicar are bitches. Yeah, the Sonicar like yeah. Fremen, they are bitches. Yeah. Yeah. Man, they ain't shit for this. <laughs> Yeah, because even at the end of the book, they're just like, yeah, the Sardaukar aren't used to aren't used to being on the back foot. The Sardaukar are like, uh, hmm, I don't know what I'm supposed to do when we lose the, all the, the sand. The the very good way that the book tells you of like the Sardaukar are really badass. The Fremen are more badass, and there's like a hundred times more Fremen than people thought. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. so like yeah, they could run the universe. Like the second the Fremen like. Because when the Sardaukar introduced this huge fight, and then I want to say it was Stilgar. Yeah, I want to say it was Stilgar who's talking to a, a, a captured Sardaukar. And he's like, how many did we lose? Two. How many did they lose? All of them. It's like, yeah. You sure you want to do this, Ali- buddy? Aaliyah just leading a battalion of Fremen. <laughs> so funny. I love, I love the way that Paul pushes to change Fremen rituals. Like, the, the big move that he makes is uh, where everyone wants him to kill Stilgar so he can become the leader. And he's like, why would I cut off my right yes. arm? Yes. That makes no sense. He creates a new position as the Muad'Dib, yes. and so yes. he could be the prophetic leader while he'll yeah. be the actual leader. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like how, because I was scared. Okay, I think in the book, still, as much as I love Duke Leto Atreides, 
in the book, I love Jessica, but I really love Stilgar as well. He may have been your father, but he wasn't your daddy. And how Stilgar is talking to to Paul, and he's like, "Dude, you gotta call. You're gonna call me out soon. That's the way it is." And Paul's like, "I don't." That's the one time in the near the end of the book where I'm like, "Hey, Paul, you're actually doing something really cool for, or not right. not for once." But you're right. Yeah. Most of the time, Paul is just kind of like, "I feel he's stagnant." But it's also like it's it, it's a cool thing that he does, and it's like great that he yeah. that he changes that. But it is also him like doing it for power purposes more than anything else. Yeah. Because I mean, if I if I was in Paul's position and I had a guy like Stilgar, I don't want to kill him. I right. would do everything. Well, but in my no, oh my god, Sparks, you're so right. Because the the reason why you can you can look at the reason why he does that is so that there's another step to get to to get to Paul. They're not gonna if if he kills Stilgar, he, that he, leaves him open to be challenged he, in the same he way. He is Stilgar. Yeah. Yes, he literally he also literally says like, if I'm gonna be running the planet, running Emperor stuff, that's what I'm aiming for. Why would I get rid of the guy who could run all the Fremen? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why would I? It's that's a dick. It's again. It's it's that's why I love this book. Like it's it's challenging. Of like, he doesn't want to kill his friend, but also he gains more power not doing that. So it's like, oh, uh, like you win, you lose. Like you're right, because because yeah. he would have to kill so many like all the Fremen who would ever challenge him. He'd have to yeah. kill them, and he's like, well, that's just a waste. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Let's still do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but <laughs> man, this book is. I was really scared. I was not going to like this book. I thought it was going to be a slog. I thought it was going to be a chore. But as I kept reading it and as I kept learning about reading about these characters and seeing what was going on, it was so – I really highly enjoyed it. I don't know if it's because now that I'm older, I'm more mature, air quotes there, and I can handle books with with dense dialogue, with dense terms, and just like, hey, here's a bunch of techno babble thrown at you for, for and like, just deal with it. But I'm just glad I was because I, I feel like if I tried to read this years ago, I probably would have been like, got to chapter two, it's like, nah, toss it away. Sure, now, it, it, it like, is an investment. You, yeah, you got to yeah. want to get through it. Absolutely. Yeah. I am very happy that uh, Ryan suggested two years ago now that we do this. Um, <laughs> and uh, because, like, I would not have continued if I got to the, the second chapter, for yeah. example, um, and just said, okay, you know what? I, I'm, I can't do this, but having this on the horizon, I forced myself to get through it, and I read what is by far the most complicated book I've ever read in my life, um, and I really enjoyed it, and it was it was it was fun, even though I fell asleep a lot, guys. So many times I'm like, oh shit, where hey, was I? That, that-, that happened to me too. That I cannot tell you how many times it it turned. But full- like you said, you said you said at night. I'm talking like midday. I'm, I'm, I'm reading and I'm like, oh, shit. Um, I'm, I'm really happy that I was able to get through it. I'm really proud of myself that I was able to get through it. Uh, and I'm glad that we were able to to discuss it. Uh, oh, yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. That's all I want to say. Right on. Well, thanks for joining us. Um, we'll talk about Dune Messiah in 2026. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just re-air this episode when Dune Part 2 comes out. Um, yes, I agree. I don't know if Brandon, you want to do the outros. I'm never yeah. done with this. Uh, uh, well, real quick, real quick. Like, again, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, again, like you know, thank you for for having us read this. I would I would say like I I definitely recommend to people who have seen the film who want more read the book or yeah. engage with oh, the audiobook yeah. or whatever. Um, yeah. I I do think like there is much more to mine out of the world that even the film can't do. Oh yeah. Um, that's just my quick like note on the film. We'll talk about the film in depth tomorrow and we'll certainly reference back to things from the book mm-hmm. uh, when we do so though. I, I think we'll, we'll in general try and stay away from anything that wouldn't be in part. 
two. I do not <laughs> want to ruin anything about Aaliyah or Sergeant. Right, right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we're gonna stay away from all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but but we are going to reference everything that would have been one for one to the what? to the film. So yeah. one quick thing that I want to say, because because as you guys know, I work with some people who are older and who were alive when this book just first came out. I was talking to a coworker because he was saying, he's like, oh, yeah, I can't. It's like, I read the book years ago. I was like, oh, I just read the book last week. And he looks at me, he's like, you you read it too? I was like, yeah. He's like, oh, I read that when I was a teenager. So that that was like a nice little, because this gentleman is vastly older than I am. Yeah. But it was it was a nice little moment where I had it with my coworker because he was excited to go see Dune the movie. Sure. And he wanted to go back to the book because he grew up with that book. And right. now that I've finished it, and I'm like, now I have something to talk about with them. So I, I thought that was really cool. Hell yeah, buddy. Um, yeah. Uh, there was one more thing that I wanted to add on to that, but I can't remember. So whatever. Womp womp. Um, all right. So that'll do it, I guess. Um, that's Dune. This is the first Fiction Book Club episode we've done in a while. It's a uh, special for the... Uh, Frank Herbert's Dune. I think we all thoroughly enjoyed reading this. And, Solusa uh, Secundus. What a great name for a planet. Oh, God. So that this is cool. up now, uh, you know, if you're watching this. So tomorrow, we are going to be talking about Dune Part 1, the Denis Villeneuve film. Um, ah! Scored by Ryan Eliopoulos by way of Hans Zimmer. Um, and uh, so you can stay, stay, you know, stay tuned for that. That'll be up um, live uh, midday that time because we're not doing it at night because it's Halloween. Enjoy your Halloween, everyone. Happy Halloween. I didn't say this that. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. Um, but you can check out, of course, more stuff on this channel. Um, this is also going to be audio, so you can check out some of the audio stuff. Um, but, you know, if you're checking this out on video, make sure to like this video. Make sure to subscribe to this channel. Make sure to check out all of our other shows. We've got tons of other shows on here, such as Fechner's Watch, which is currently um, on, which is currently waiting for two new shows to start, which is Hawkeye and Star Trek Discovery. Um, both of those start in November, and then that and Fechner's Watch will be back, unless we do a special in between. Uh, so who knows for that? Um, then there is Basement Arcade. Basement Arcade is currently going through a spooktacular. I almost said spooktabular. I'll allow it. Spooktacular, where we're scaring the pants off of Ben. Yeah. Uh, and you. me sometimes. And, and yeah, I was about to say, uh, you you were not, because I listened to that episode of Conversation, my friend. You were not, because you mentioned uh, uh, Basement Arcade. And you're like, yeah, I'm getting scared too, because you're getting scared right along with me, bud. I recorded, uh, I haven't recorded a conversation in October. No, no. What the, are you talking the about? One. The latest the, the, one. The last, the last one. one. I don't remember. Anyway. Um so there you go. That's uh, that's Basement Arcade. Um, we're, we're, the latest episodes are up now. Uh, Five Nights at Freddy's should be part up. two. I don't remember. Part two. Five Nights um, at Freddy's part two should be up. Gone up at ten a.m. And then what's the other one that went up next, this week? The next one that will go up is uh, what else went up this week? Uh, Ryan. Ryan, you put it up. Outlast. Outlast part. Outlast two. part two. I did them and I blacked out. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Five Nights. Uh, sorry, Tall Poppy should remothered. be remothered. Uh, remothered was last week, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. we haven't been back for a while, so there's plenty of spooktober yeah. stuff. Um, and we got a couple more coming still, today, and tomorrow. yeah, we still have a tall poppy up tonight or tomorrow. Well, tall yeah. poppy was uh, that basement was arcade, basement arcade really pops in October, so you, you, can, you check out a bunch of cool, a bunch of cool stuff from us. Yeah. Um, this basement arcade pause menu, which is Ben's 
uh, show. Uh, I, I guess I'll announce it on this on this episode, but I'll have more details next episode uh, for the Fickner podcast episode. Uh, there's going to be a dedicated audio feed to Basement Arcade pause menu uh, that I'm working on right now. Um, so it's going to be its own audio feed, uh, but you can check out the videos obviously here. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, is there a new episode of Basement Arcade pause menu coming soon? There is a new episode. That we have two in the works. Um, the latest one with Sin Spaces is still up. And, well, they're all still up, but the latest one is Sin Spaces. There is another one coming up soon. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and work on that soon, Ben. Um, we're Ben's at the mercy of my schedule right now, which is a mess, and I'm not gonna talk about it here today. That's fine. Uh, we totally get it, and we mm-hmm. we appreciate all the things you've been able to do. Uh, um, Ryan's Ryan's picked up a ton of slack. It's wonderful. Hey, I did a Big Nerds watch. I think that turned out okay. You you do that anyway. <laughs> well, no, but like I I, Ryan, I downloaded it and I put no, it. In I, the, I edited it. I'm I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. I didn't I made watch a, it because I'm not watching Lower Decks, so I didn't know you did that. <laughs> I made a really shitty uh, thumbnail. <laughs> My thumbnails are compare are nothing compared to you, sir. Uh, Ryan Ryan did uh, some some hard work because we did separate audio recording for a lot of the. I want to talk about this tomorrow. I don't want to talk about it here. Yeah, <laughs> so I'll compliment, there's I'll compliment, compliment Ryan later. tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're so compliments around the around the horn all, tomorrow when we all see yeah. each other. How about that? There's more episodes of Fickner Book Club. This is an episode of Fickner Book Club. There's more episodes of Fickner Book Club. There's uh, uh I forget what we talked about. Little Char and the Gang. There's yeah, Little Char. Uh, the comics. Pride. Uh, Pride. Uh, um, we did them a long time Power ago. Rangers. Uh, why are we doing this? Wasted space. And there's there. other. There, there are other um, Animation Station. Uh, there are three episodes up at Animation Station. It's our freshman show. Uh, and if you're listening to the audio and you like audio shows, there's Conversation, uh, which I'll plug for a couple more weeks, I think, um, before getting into season two. Um, the latest episode, Travis Alexander, that is out now. That is the end. No, Michael Hamilton, that is the end of season one. Um, yeah, that's everything, guys. Subscribe to our ch- subscribe to us wherever you get podcasts. Uh, like this video. Subscribe to this channel. Uh, check out all of our other shows. Subscribe to all, all of our sh- other shows. And uh, yeah, until next time. Do your best soda card chant. Damn it, I can't what? find it. I'll, I'll just go off my brain. Uh, Hold on. Thank Wait. you for getting your body. wants to say something. I was going to say, where can they find us? Oh, shit. I always forget. It's been a week. Fickner Podcast. You can find all of the Fickner Podcast stuff on all the social medias and the website. Um, so we can find us individually at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. Ben. You can find me, Ben Idaho Magnet, at BenMagnet27 on Instagram and Twitter. Sparks. You can find me drinking in the water of life at Sparks Witty on Instagram, Twitter, S-P-A-R-K-Z Witty. Sandworm Boy. You can find me praising the name of Muad'Dib and probably regretting it later in a holy war at DJ Tony Snark. I want to I want to put this on. I want to say this on, on record. What you should have done is the is the the cover with with Leto as the worm and you just be, make your head the worm head. <laughs> Give me one second. Next time. Next time. <laughs> Next time. That there works perfectly. <laughs> All right, uh, that's that's everything. I, I'm pretty sure that's everything. And if not, you know where to find us anyway if you're watching this. So uh, stay safe, nerds. Bye.